Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's like a psychedelic experience. We can label psychedelic experience as bad, like a bad trip. You hear that a lot. I don't actually believe in bad trips. I believe that if you take that and you sit with it and extract what you, what was present there, you probably gain some golden nuggets of, of wisdom. Um, so, you know, similar like life is psychedelic, truthfully. So if we look at life in different perspectives, that's a psychedelic. And we forget that. Wow. That's a quote right there. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Open Late, first of all, my lovers and friends. Um, I have with me Dr. Kat Meyer, who is my neighbor in LA, who I've been stalking for the last year. Um, And she is a licensed marriage and family therapist, but she specializes in sex, trauma, and ketamine therapy. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I literally just picked up my microphone and moved it closer to me. I realized that looked like a a dick that was just moving closer (laughs) to me. It's like this phallic symbol. I'm like, bring it to my mouth. You know, (laughs) this this is like the constant thing when you have a podcast that's like about sex that you can't not make the sex joke about your microphone. Yeah. 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 It's covered too. So I, I like to think of it as uncircumcised. Mike? Yeah, you, you know, looks very yeah. girthy. Yeah. The head is snobby for those of you that are listening and not watching on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty delightful. I'm just going to. Yours is also like multicolored. It's like yeah. white shaft, black head. Cool. Yeah, it feels, it feels appropriate for my soul and my, you know, my you know, you know, expression in this lifetime, the light and the dark, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love where this is going. Well, <laughs> I I told you actually before I hit record that I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to be a better podcaster and not start every show off with, tell me how you decided that this is what you wanted to do. Um, I would love to hear, like, le- I want to jump right into ketamine therapy and the intersection mm. of, like, you know, doing, like, working on sex and sexuality working through your trauma in a therapeutic way. And now you're throwing in this extremely powerful, um, you know, medicine. What is the reason that most people end up choosing to do ketamine assisted therapy in the first place? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so any sort of psychedelics and, and I'm using the word, you know, I'm using psychedelics as, um, defining that as mind, mind manifesting, like the word psychedelics is mind manifesting, you know, we're getting into more altered states of consciousness, or really just an expansion of our brain's capacity, like typical capacity to be able to do things. Uh, We can imagine those as tools to be able to help us to whether it's to expand our perspective, to, um, you know, quiet down that inner critic so that we can look beyond this this narrow focus of I'm a shitty person or shame that's like inhibiting our ability to, to uh, come up with a new resolution or new thoughts and ways of being, Um, Mm -hmm. or even to access some more complex concepts uh, in this case around sexuality that might not otherwise be as easily accessible to us uh, in, in non-altered states of, of consciousness of being. Um, so ketamine is a legal form of, of psychedelic to, or mm-hmm. a psychedelic like, it's really just a psychedelic like, um, substance that we can use in a therapeutic, uh, way in order to help somebody to be able to experience, you know, insights or, um, like a, a calmness in a body, um, an absence of pain. Uh, ketamine is a, um, uh, a pain reliever as well as an anesthetic. And so at specific, at different doses, it can create a different, uh, a different quality, a different, um, uh, I, w- I like to say texture 
of the of the substance um, for different benefits. So at lower doses, you can still be connected with your body. It just may feel a little more floaty. Um, mm-hmm. You have an absence of pain. So for people who struggle with chronic pain or who may have um, pain as it relates to depression or anxiety, um, that quiets or goes away so that they can more readily focus on the emotions or the thoughts that, um, that are, that are behind that. Um, and at higher doses, oh, it also at lower doses, it works as an empathogen. So similar to things like MDMA, it, um, helps to increase your vulnerability, um, allows Mm -hmm. more truth and more honesty to come uh, flow through more readily. And, And then we can connect more with our compassion for ourselves and compassion for the other person. And then at higher doses, you can have more experiences that are more psychedelic-like. So you might um, have out-of-body experiences. You may have spiritual experiences. You may um, meet spiritual archetypes. Um, You might experience oneness or um, the absolution of division uh, between Mm -hmm. you and other objects or you and other people. Um, You might have these more expansive understanding of of the universe or the world or how things how things operate within it um yeah you might have colors and spheres and textures <laughs> you know you might go on a, on a journey <laughs> so yeah so so there's a range there and then you know even within that there's a spectrum so i have some clients who um you know we give them a, a dose and they are expecting to shoot off into the stratosphere but the experience is actually them staying very present in the room and can hear the things that are going on around them and just like a deep meditation. Um, and yeah. so I really want to emphasize this full spectrum of possibility of, of, uh, experiences because, you know, we mm-hmm. hear from other people of what it could be like, and we're like, Oh, that's the experience I'm going to have. And then we get into it and they're like, what the fuck? I'm still here. I didn't yeah. shoot off on a, on a rainbow uni- farting unicorn or, you know, rainbow farting uni- yeah. unicorns, unicorns farting rainbows. Like, why didn't I have that? <laughs> yeah. They're like, it didn't work for me. All that happened was like, I was in my leg <laughs> and I felt like all this, you know, stuff moving out of my leg or like the whole time I was just like grieving my mother's death and yeah. I didn't have any psychic experience. Yeah. I'm like, uh, that's exactly what you needed. That's what it was. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you sharing just like the full spectrum because A, it was getting me super excited. Um, I love working with, you know, all types of medicine, therapeutic medicine, plant medicine. Um, and so just when I get reminded that there are infinite possibilities um, with a lot of these different um, things that we have access to now, I just get like, okay, when am I going to have my next journey? Um, <laughs> but oh, because I guess what you're, what you're sharing too is people come to it for all different types ty- all different types of reasons sure or do you find that there's a trend that people are drawn to um yeah specifically yeah so ketamine is really known well for its antidepressant um anxiety relieving qualities uh and even more so than you know traditional antidepressants that can you know cause a reduction of our libido or difficulty with arousal or maintaining erections or even wetness of our, of our pussy. Um, ketamine works on the glutamate receptors. So it doesn't have, it doesn't work on the same receptors that say traditional, um, antidepressants would. So you're skirting around those, um, uh, common side effects, but then we also see that Oh, you know, with, with consistent, uh, use of it or consistent sessions with it, it can be, it can contribute to lasting change, you know, around depression, around, um, especially for, uh, people in which other types of, of therapy or other types of, um, you know, depression techniques or practices haven't been effective. This one has a tendency to, to really stick. Um, so we see that yeah. with, again, depression, anxiety. We see it with um, really powerful with eating disorders, um, obsessive uh, compulsive disorder, um, suicidality. 
So some of those really tough ones. Um, also trauma, it can be it can work really well with trauma, and it can work with addiction, but with a caveat there too, because ketamine is also highly addictive. So we are finding mm. an increase of addiction happening. And ketamine's pretty, you know, accessible in the outside world. However, I caution everybody with that. Please, please, harm reduction. Get, you know, if you're getting it elsewhere, test it. Because if it's not coming from a clinical doctor, then we don't know what else could be laced in there. And we're having an epidemic of um, fetamine, uh, or I'm sorry, fentanyl being laced with it. And so a lot of, a lot of death, a lot of harm that's happening. So please, please, please be careful. But with that said, <laughs> yeah, there's many reasons. And then I also bring it in as an avenue to be able to help people in relationships or help around um, challenges around sexuality. Um, ketamine, again, because it's a it's an empathogen. It opens the heart. It helps, uh, helps us to be able to communicate more fluidly. And when I say this, I'm talking more about like the low doses. When you're at the high dose, it's more of like, I'm not in my body to be able to talk to you. <laughs> so that doesn't really help conversation. <laughs> But here it can uh, be enough to lower down that wall so that we can talk. Um, I also yeah. find it can be really helpful with connecting with the body in a way that, um, again, because it, it's it's a slight dissociator, you know, at lower dose, you can still feel the body and you can still connect with energy moving through the body or um, connect with pleasurable feelings in the body, um, especially mm -hmm. for people who have a difficult time with, um, you know, connecting with the body. They don't want to be in the body they, you know, yeah. tense up a lot, or there's a lot of pain, this can help to, to experience the body in a different way. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I, I, I love that you share that it works like on a different receptor um, than a lot of other medicines, right? Am I saying it right? It's a different um, receptor in your brain than like a traditional um, pharmaceutical antidepressant, and then also other psychedelics. So yes, Yes, and um, it's so interesting how mysterious the brain is still. <laughs> and we are still learning so much more about the brain and be getting more precise about parts of the brain like the um, default, uh, default mode network process, which is something that you hear a lot in conversations and interviews about psychedelics. You know, we're learning even more about you know, how much or how little that, that part of the brain is even being impacted. But yes, so the, the primary, um, uh, uh, primary receptor is the, is the glutamate in the um, ketamine, which is different than some of these other psychedelics or um, traditional antidepressants. And, and so we will experience, while we experience some similarities across the board, we're going to experience a lot of differences because of, because of those two. Mm, okay. Interesting. I, I was told, um, I think of maybe the first time that I wanted to work with ketamine in this way, um, that it's like no one can, no one's allergic to it. Um, and like, it's actually what people were using or people, what people, what doctors um, use in like an ER trauma because it's like the safest mm -hmm. medicine. Is that true? In that way, like yeah. you know, morphine or these other like massive painkillers um, that have like terrible effects, after effects on the body as well. And ketamine um, became like a standout drug in that place because it was safer than everything else. And that was actually what made me feel comfortable to do it the first time. Yeah. So I'm like, ketamine, what? Um, <laughs> and then I heard that and I was like, okay, cool. They're, they're using it in the ER. It's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, it has. Heard, yeah. Yeah, it Go does ahead. have one of the highest safety profiles. So they've used it in uh, on the battlefield, in wars. They use it in pediatrics as an anesthetic. Um, they they uh, it. I don't know about the allergen. I don't know if uh, I haven't heard that, but it does uh, work really well with people's people systems. There may be a few things that would be um, uh, contraindications, and those are things like. Um, you know, high blood heart heart conditions or psychosis, um, things like that. But even then, I'm I'm reading some research that are testing some of those more um, vulnerable populations as well. So, so 
hang tight. There may be more research coming out. <laughs> this is all still very yeah. new, but you're, you're absolutely right. And the after yeah. effect is all is very soft. So as you're coming down from it, it's a soft landing. And for the next set about, you know, 48 to 72 hours, your uh, neuroplasticity is a lot more pliable. So this is a great time for therapy. This is a great time for introspection and for trying new habits to, to um, strengthen new, uh, yeah, new neural pathways, um, new cognitions. And, mm. and you'll also feel typically, now this isn't everybody, but typically you'll feel more, you'll feel brighter. You'll feel happier. You'll just feel more open and expansive and relaxed in the body. And again, that isn't everybody. I've worked with clients who had tearful experiences. Um, but even then, it there was a relief a few days later because it was a resolution. So, yeah, something that needed to to pass or to move or to shift. Um, yeah, man, I love. I just love working with these. You know mind-altering substances for therapy. I mean, I, and I'm, you know, I talk about this on the show sometimes. I don't go into detail, but I'm no stranger to, you know, trying psychedelics. And it was seeing it used so much maybe in a, in an environment where it was like a more casual party situation where I noticed the effects, the therapeutic effects happening there in a very not clear container. And it's what got me really interested in wanting to work with a lot of these things in an actual like traditional, you know, sometimes clinical container, sometimes more spiritual container. And I just think that as you're saying, we're so, we're so new to all this and there's still so much to learn and so much research to develop. Um, but I think it's really cool that, you know, people like you are doing this work and, I kind of want to start to ask about what does it look like when someone comes and does a session with you? And since you're also doing like, um, you know, using this with sexuality, are you working with like couples together in session? Like, or, or is it solo and then they'll take that home to their partner? Or are they doing it together? Mm -hmm. Both. I've done both. Yeah. So okay. sometimes, um, yeah, I'll have the couple coming in together and they're, you know, again, ketamine is such an interesting one. It's, it doesn't, it's, it's got a different texture than the other, the other psychedelics and the window is, is shorter, which is nice mm. because then we can go in, do focus on one piece at a time, let them integrate that and then come back, focus on another piece, let them integrate. And you're not in there for four or six or eight hours, like some other, you know, MDMA or, um, uh, psilocybin, which are both only in clinical trials. So I want to emphasize that that isn't, it's not legal yet. It's just around the corner. Um, they have awesome benefits to them as well. And so does ketamine. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll go in there. Um, I'll, I'll usually start with something to help them ground and connect with them themselves and then co-regulate with the other person. And then we open the space to see what happens. Of course, the intention, I, I work with them on setting what the intention is, and that helps to guide the, the session, although the session can take it in other places too. <laughs> so it uh, can be a helpful way to yeah, drop into some of the lessons or some of the challenges that they've been experiencing in, my, in the, the traditional talk therapy or somatic therapy that I'm doing with them. And then ground it mm -hmm. into there and and uh, see what insights come from that, what dots, um, you know, get connected or what would they feel in their body or what they witness in their own inner landscape. Um, and then the next day I uh, have a follow up session with them and then we process and integrate and see what abstract thoughts came through that we can now apply into the real life. You know, how can we take these these concepts, these aha moments and put them into practical reality. Like what are steps, what are rituals, what are um, you know, practices we can do here? Because otherwise, if we don't integrate, then it just becomes like a trip. And it doesn't, doesn't actually, you know, it might do something. I don't want to say it doesn't do anything. Uh, but we can 
we can harness so much more. We can harvest so much more. Absolutely. I mean, it's like any anything in life, any transformational experience, whether it's like a weekend retreat or course or medicine work. Sure. Um, integration, I think, is the most important part. And it's like in I find that when you actually are really intentional and spend time and are methodical almost about your integration, or at least put a nice container for it, right? Bring a little bit of masculine energy to it. That's what I need. And then I can creative and flow into my integration, that's where even more profound sometimes ahas or breakthroughs or experiences come in my therapy session three weeks later. Yeah. Where I'm like bigger emotional release or breakthrough or, you know, somatic experience than in the actual session, Mm -hmm. um, which I love. So I just wanted to emphasize that point. Um, I'm actually building a psychedelic integration course. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, it'll be released. We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Can you share some some of your like integration sort of tools? I mean, you you just kind of went over, I think, like the session, but what are people doing for weeks later? I mean, it really just depends on on what comes through for them. So I use them as the healer and them coming up with these, these ideas of ways that they, uh, it can be anything from, so we, we extract what came up in the session, right? And we talk about whether they were images, whether they were, um, memories, thoughts, feelings, body, you know, somatic responses. And then we, I, I give them reflection questions and have them sit with the answer. So what's the answer coming from within them? Uh, I find that that's the most beneficial way of helping somebody is having them recognize that they have the inner wisdom and the inner resources and, and it's all there with them. I just may have to ask the right questions to inspire that in them. Um, and then from that, we talk about, okay, so if we're going to turn this abstract thought into something that's concrete, which is a very union type of, um, uh, type of practice, uh, then what are some practices? Uh, what are some symbols? What are some um, rituals you would like to do? What are some, something that would translate what you learned into this? So that can be everything from like I've had, you know, burning rituals to yoga. Now they're going to get into yoga, meditation practice, um, art, creativity. Um, maybe it's embodying this, these new qualities of self that they've discovered or self-pleasure practices or um, going on a retreat or going on on a vacation or something to, to anchor this in. Uh, it really helps to solidify because otherwise things just stay in our head, but they don't actually ground into this day, Mm. this life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so much. Um, I'm loving this conversation and I have a million questions. (laughs) I know if I ask the next whole trajectory of like, where we'll take it. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Um, I'm curious, what's like the biggest misconception that people have about this kind of work? About psychedelics? Yeah. Oh, I think, I, I mean, some of the misconceptions, I don't know that they're all unfounded. I think, I, I think right now we're going through this renaissance of like higher states of consciousness and thinking and, and, you know, expansion and fullest expression. And, and it's beautiful. You know, we're watching, um, documentaries on, you know, how to change your mind, or we're listening to documentaries around psychedelics or plant medicine. And, and I think that's really beautiful. And, and it's exciting. It's like, wow, there's a new answer. And there's also a shadow side to that too, that I don't see talked about as much as it needs to be talked about so that we can have a full picture so that we can discern for ourselves what's, what's right for us. Like it's hard when we're only given just the light, bright aspects of it. And, and then, uh, you know, we're disappointed when it doesn't work for us or we're disappointed. We're, we're, many of us are looking for a savior or for, you know, like the answer pill and, and that's not psychedelics. And psychedelics aren't also for everyone. I also hear this a lot from people. They're like, psychedelics are for everyone. And I'm like, no, they aren't. They are one tool, 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 tool. <laughs> they aren't the answer. They are a tool that can help us to understand our inner workings and our inner landscape. And even perhaps, and not for everyone, some people connect with, a, with um, uh, spiritual insights. Uh, and that's not everyone. And, um, there's, there's also the, you know, what you alluded to, too, of the lack of integration, the lack of, uh, intention setting, the lack of integrating what you're, what you're learning. Um, there can be a, uh, use of the, of the psychedelics as, uh, well, there's, there's a hierarchy, there's a, um, you know, I'm noticing like a, a hierarchy of judgment of, of people who use who use psychedelics. You know, whether you're somebody who doesn't use psychedelics and you're looking at other people using psychedelics and you're like, that's cheating or that's not natural or that's, you know, you're just escaping, yeah. you know, or even in the psychedelic community where people are like, well, that drug is is chemical based. So that's not that's not, you know, right. that's not, that's worse it's than like, something that's plant-based. Yeah. It's not natural. Yeah. Don't do, you know, whatever, whatever. There's just so much judgment. And then there's also, uh, I've seen the excitement of psychedelics causing us to skip the very, very important process of vetting our shamans or vetting our facilitators. And so we're seeing a lot of abuse. We're seeing sexual abuse. We're seeing, um, uh, abuse as in, taking advantage of vulnerable populations, physically, mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally. And so I, it, we're taking, and I think a big part of it is because it's underground. So there's so many facilitators that aren't held to a higher standard. They're not, they don't have a certification. They don't have a regulating board who's observing their actions and behaviors and um, can, you know, take... <laughs> receive the consequences for their poor actions. So people are excited yeah. and they're like, oh, shaman Joseph, I'm going to go and work with him because my friend, you know, did ayahuasca with them and I'm doing it. And then they go in there and something happens. And then, but then, mm -hmm. you know, does the person feel that they have a right in being able to say, I don't feel comfortable or something's not right? You know, I've had, mm -hmm. I've had people come to me and tell me these stories about um, how their shaman, you know, told them things like, I've never met anybody like you. I'm so, I think we were soulmates from another lifetime. I really feel strongly connected to you. 
Yeah, which is so, so unfortunate. And then, you know, the person's like, yes, you know, I love this, this attention. You know, this is somebody who's of power and they're looking at me. I'm being chosen. I'm being special. And that is, you know, that's terrible boundaries. You know, a yeah. somebody who's a teacher like that. Yeah, it's awful. Somebody who's a teacher in a role like that, it may not be aware of the, the power differential. So is, mm-hmm. in that sense, is consent actually uh, accessible? Like, is consent actually present? It's not, because there is this power yeah. differential. Yeah. And similarly, mm-hmm. you know, who goes to psychedelics? People who might have some challenges in their past, unresolved trauma, um, you know, uh, vulnerable situations. And people who have vulnerabilities like that have a vulnerability of entering into uh, or having poor boundaries and entering back into these, these dynamics again and again. So it's just there's these are the conversations we need to have so that people can have the discernment to vet for themselves you know, or go through the vetting process so that they can discern for themselves whether this is a right fit or not, rather than just taking somebody's word. I'm so glad that, you know, you brought this up and that we are talking about this. I mean, this is one of, I think this is probably the first show that's ever, you know, on this podcast that's actually about this and it's not just casually mentioned. Yeah. Um, And I think this is one of the biggest most important factors in in deciding to do this work is really finding the right person for you. Like take all of your time Mm -hmm. and do all of the research and seek out, you know, clients who have worked with, you know, these practitioners, facilitators, therapists, like whoever it might be. Like same way when I went to find my therapist, um, luckily for us, like the first time we were looking for a marriage, um, going to therapy, you know, couples therapy, we like jackpot first person. Oh, bless. And we've been with her. <laughs> crazy, right? That never yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, and when I was looking for myself, I actually still haven't found somebody to work with. Yeah. And I've tried multiple people and I'm not going to stay if it, if it's not like the right Good. Fit. Um, and maybe because I'm unique and intense and weird, but it's really, it's, it's hard to find mm-hmm. sex positive, yeah. polyamory, like positive, open therapists. And you're one of them, yeah. I know. And I have several other friends whose books are so full because there's so few of you yeah, yeah, yeah. doing like this beautiful cutting edge work. And so, you know, my small tangent, just to remind everybody, like, take your time and do your research. And this is your your health, your yeah. mental, emotional health yeah. Is your physical health like this? You would vet a sexual partner and you want to like see their test. Like, it's okay to be like, you know, seek out previous clients that have gone to their ceremony or something. You know, not that it would be a client, however, you say it. <laughs> it's always so the, the blurry line of like ceremony space and clinical space, yeah. but you know what I mean, patients. And, I actually um, put yeah. that, I, I created a, a guide on my website that goes through all these different questions for vetting your facilitator, whether this is a facilitator for sex or psychedelics or plant medicine, because well, it's this is important. Okay. I see this a lot in the sex world as well. And I've been asked in interviews before where people say, um, you know, how does somebody decide? I got asked this and it was in a third wave interview, um, which is psychedelics, but they asked about uh, sex coaches. And they're like, how do you decide who is a good sex coach? And I was like, yeah, because right now we're going through a sexual revolution. Everybody and their mom wants to be a sex coach. <laughs> like Everybody. And it used to be, you know, where if you wanted to be a sex expert or dominatrix or a, um, you know, a courtesan, you went through years of training and you were an apprentice for a while. And you, you know, you really went through and cultivated these skills and now everybody's taking a, a course online or they have a really or they really love sex and they're like, oh, I'm a sex coach and mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. for this revolution. I really am. And 
that also just means that we need to look beyond the the pretty aesthetics of their of their social media to really see if they're going to be a right fit or if they're somebody who can hold us, who can really hold us in our experience. Lots of sex coaches are not trauma-informed or they're aware of trauma. They're informed that trauma exists, but they don't know how to hold it or how to help you to somatically move through it. So this guide, I, I bring it through several questions for you to both sit with yourself as well as um, interview the facilitator. Um, whether again, plant medicine, shamanistic ceremony, or sex educator. Wow, beautiful. We're going to link it in the show notes for sure for everybody listening. I can't wait to take it. Did not realize you had that. <laughs> so I'm like, excited about it. Um, yeah. Okay. Listening to you talk about all this, you're clearly so passionate and so knowledgeable. And you know, I mean, you're, you're an LMFT, like clearly you have, you know, this traditional education in therapy, and I'm sure you've done a ton of, you know, other training to like, it's not easy to do what you guys do. There are sex coaches and then there are like licensed, you know, doctors who are doing this work. Not to say, like, as you said, it's exciting. There are so many people doing it. And that's, it's a good signal. It means like the tide is turning in the direction that we're like really wanting. Um, I'm curious for you, like, what was it? Was there like a moment where you were like, yeah, that's what I want to be doing? I'm sure it's a gradual thing, right? No, this is like a moment. A moment. This was a moment. I can tell you exactly. It's actually a great story. So I was 21. I was reading, I was in college, um, studying to be an animal psychologist. Yeah. And so I was taking psychology courses, animal behavior, all that kind of stuff. And I was reading a Red Book magazine and uh, they were quoting a sex therapist. And I, in that moment, I was like, there is such a thing as being a sex therapist. I was like, that's what I want to be. And the kicker is, I had never had sex before. I had actually been, I had some, I had a sexual violation that happened when I was younger that caused me to go into like anxiety, depression, panic, eating disorders, like a whole thing for years. I couldn't, relationships would last like two weeks and I would panic and just get the fuck out over and over and over. I was the best tease. <laughs> like, but when it came down to like anybody starting to touch my, you know, like go towards my pants or anything like that, I would just be like, Shoom, done. I dissociated. I had no idea what dissociation was. But anyway, besides the point, I was like, read that. And I was like, that's what I'm going to be. So I applied to all doctoral schools and, and moved out to California and like dove into the sex communities <laughs> and like started with Tantra and then like progressed from there. But it was, yeah, I, that was it. (laughs) I wanted to heal. I wanted to figure out myself. And so I could reverse engineer that to be able to help people. But that that was it. (laughs) It's so beautiful. I love it. You're like, yep, I know exactly where I was when I was reading the magazine. (laughs) That's very cool. I feel like it's really cool when someone has that because you can always look back and say that is exactly where I started mm-hmm. as opposed to like your career sort of develops and unfolds and you're like, it's so interesting how I got here. Um, yeah, that's so cool. So you were going <laughs> to be an animal therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, same, I same. Mean, that's always the way. Well, <laughs> Humans, animals, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> We can learn a lot from animals, especially in the way that none of them are monogamous. (laughs) (laughs) And openly gay, like (laughs) openly gay animals, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. Um, I I don't even remember. Dolphin orgies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I learned it from the dolphins. Um, oh, how was your burn? We're both burners. We've never met in real life. We're actually having coffee for everybody listening. <laughs> Breaking the do you now, listener. Um, we're meeting up for coffee for this, and I just I like can't wait to squeeze you. Yeah. Um yeah. we have we have we both went to Burning Man this year. I don't know if yours was as traumatic as mine, 
but I am curious to hear about it. Yeah, it was it was both challenging every single day. I had a breakdown. Um, I solo camped by myself um, as an edge for myself to really like, yeah, step into a little discomfort. And every day was a breakdown. But after every breakdown, some stranger or some friend would show up and be there and support me. So it was a beautiful experience of surrender and softening into vulnerability and letting people help me. And I also had powerful moments of like, I've, I taught a workshop there at uh, Playa Alchemist, which is a really big camp on, um, on the main street. Um, and it was about find your kink, find your power. And it was just, I came in from my bike broke down on my way over there. I had to walk, you know, a mile across the, the Esplanade to in the middle of a whiteout. And I was like, I don't know if I'm walking in the right direction. I hope I, <laughs> I hope I met, hit the mark. Um, so yeah, so it was, a, it was wild, but also like really fucking powerful and sexy. One of my intentions was I wanted to have a slutty burn and I definitely had a slutty burn. And I also had, yeah. you know, just, yeah, moments of, um, my dad had passed away a couple of months before. And so I had beautiful moments of remembrance of him or, being helped by dads in different moments and just feeling like his presence there and him like really had taking care of me while I was there. So it ended up being one of the best burns, even if it was hard. Wow. Yeah. That's very special and incredible and happens to people who are open to it. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Which was another yeah. one of my intentions awesome. was to be open and inspired. So, of course, when you ask that, it's like, here you go. Here's all the shit and here's all the great yeah. inspirations. I'm like, ah. And you're like, wait, no. Can I bring our, like boundaries? I should have put ease and grace. Damn it. I fucked up. Oh, man. Well, I'm happy to hear that you had a good one. It was definitely a really challenging year, just like all the elements wise, hardest one that I've ever been to. And so to hear that you like had a beautiful experience despite all of that, because it always is everything. Um, and it's always worth it, mm -hmm. I find. Yeah, me too. Just this year for me where it wasn't, which mm -hmm. was kind of wild and something mm -hmm. I'm living with like the understanding that it's life it's not always going to be and like to be okay with that being mm -hmm. like this year's burn because it's always like the, the the highs and the transformative experiences and the connections made and the things that you see that are like of another world mm -hmm. always outweigh like hardships and the struggle um so for those of you listening it's not a complete shit show like I've been making it out to be soft for um it's like a psychedelic yeah, experience you know it's it's mm -hmm. like a psychedelic yeah. so, you know we can label psychedelic experience as bad like a bad trip you hear that a lot I don't actually believe in bad trips I believe that if you take that and you sit with it and extract what you what was present there you you probably gain some golden nuggets of of wisdom yeah um, so, you know, similar, yeah. like life is psychedelic, truthfully. So if we mm -hmm. look at life uh, in different perspectives, that's a psychedelic. And we forget yeah. that. Absolutely. Wow. That's a quote right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a quote. Ding. <laughs> Hashtag. What time was that? Hashtag sex, love, yoga. Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I... I would love to keep you all day, but I actually want to meet you in person. So <laughs> everyone in this interview, up for you all. Bye, suckers. Um, <laughs> that's it. No come down. <laughs> no aftercare. No, I was going to say, what's one thing that you really wish people, maybe that we haven't talked about yet, that you wish people knew about um, this work that are considering it? About psychedelics? Or yeah. about sex. Okay. <laughs> having sex. Let's do both. <laughs> sex and psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, sex can be psychedelic. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm talking about life being psychedelic. Sex can be psychedelic too. And um, also psychedelics, again, are a tool 
I, I think mm. there are so many complex concepts that are presented around sexuality or around relationships. You know, we hear things like uh, surrender or we hear things like self-love or we hear things like um, trust. What do those, but, but then the, those are beautiful on a meme and they're beautiful to tell people and preach to people, you got to self-love, you know, and the self-love is the answer to all this stuff. But how do you yeah. actually fucking do that? You know, or what does yeah. that actually mean? I'm, I'm, I remember, you know, going through my experiences, um, I had done ayahuasca and ayahuasca is legal, um, under, um, uh, you know, established churches here in the, in, in the United States. And I remember, uh, experiencing in ayahuasca, this, this feeling of my whole body relaxing and letting go. And then realizing how contracted and tense and, and uh, rigid I was in my body. And so to really experientially grasp that concept of surrender in my body gave me a new reference point of what it is that I was looking for. And then it was like, oh, that's surrender. Okay, now how can we do that in this regular world? How can I call upon that sensation? What are the tools that I can, that I can, uh, use to keep me in that space of space of surrender? Um, other experiences, uh, boundaries between my body and the world. You know, I, there, I didn't realize how much I was dissociating or checking out or, uh, like dissociating in sex. I thought I was in a dreamland and falling asleep in sex. So I had a lot of shame around that. And I learned that that was dissociation. <laughs> and so wow. um, psychedelics yeah. helped me to feel the groundedness in my body or to feel, you know, the, yeah, that, that difference between me inside interceptive, uh, I'm sorry, interceptive awareness and um, an external awareness, um, as well as the energy moving through my body. Uh, so that was, all of those were really helpful. And then I used the tools like, uh, you know, self-regulating tools, Tantra tools. Um, uh, I could call upon, you know, energetic movement in sex and know what I was looking for. I'm like, oh, that's energy. Okay. I've, I've felt that before. So now let me cultivate that some more. So it can be really helpful in accessing that. Yeah. But again, as a tool. And then after you integrate. Because we can't stay in that yeah. state, non-sober state forever. <laughs> then yeah, it's almost healthy. like, yeah. And, and we're also outsourcing our own power versus learning how I can mm. self-source. Use it as a reference, mm. not as the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Amen. Aho. say to all that. <laughs> yes. It's so true, though, because you can – Everything that a psychedelic is going to show you, you can create and you have access to mm -hmm. it with your own body and your own energy. And I think that is the, one of the most profound things that I've ever learned in this lifetime, truly, because they've shown me the most, I think, out of any other tool. Mm -hmm. And I had that point, that click point of like, oh, I can get there on my own. I can create that experience or that connection without it that's when i think that's when i really that's when my i feel like my spiritual path actually made sense to me yeah and i actually part of spirit through that work rather yeah. than it being this thing outside of me right yeah. yeah or this concept that's being preached to you like do some mm -hmm. of these people who are preaching some of these things do they actually know how to break that down for you so that you can access it. Um, the concept of self-love is another big one. Like I deeply found what self-love felt like in the mirror of a bathroom after, during an ayahuasca experience. I like yeah. fell in love with my face, my eyes, my hair. I was like, oh my God, I'm so precious. And I was just like, yeah. wow, it's so beautiful, right? And so now I know what that feels like and I can, and I can do the work knowing what I'm looking mm -hmm. for. 
But before that, I was like, what is, what actually is self-love? Okay. It's me doing self-care. Okay. Doing, taking my stupid yeah. Epsom salt bath, drinking my stupid water, yeah. reading my stupid <laughs> book, you know, like lighting my stupid candles. Like, but that wasn't self-love. That was self-care. Those are two different things, mm-hmm. but self-care can help, but it's not, mm-hmm. but you can do self-care without self-love. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to meet. <laughs> Let's go get some coffee. Bye, bitches. <laughs> um <laughs> Where can people find you? Are you available for, are you taking new clients right now? Because every therapist that I know is not. And who knows when this episode's coming. Yeah, I'm not Um, actually. I'm doing. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing. Tell us how you're shutting down. (laughs) So I'm doing programs, online programs and retreats. So you can work with me in person in retreats. Um, I'm setting up multiple for 2023. So come check it out. Deep dive with me. My retreats are fucking yeah. epic. Like they're they're legit. Yeah. I to my own horn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they can find me and they can sign up on my newsletter to figure out find out when those workshops or when those retreats are. Um, the otherwise sexloveyoga.com. Um, Instagram, Sex Love Yoga, my podcast, Sex Love Psychedelics. So it's just you know, change of the last word. Uh, yeah, find me on all those yeah. places. Yeah. Perfect. All of these things will be linked in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for for joining me today. This Mm. has been so rad. My pleasure. Okay, my loves. That has been another incredible episode. Definitely go connect with Dr. Kat. I am seriously thinking about going on one of her retreats. I didn't know she was doing that. So maybe we can go together. Um, As always, please don't forget to rate and review the show. If you're not already subscribed, just take 10 seconds to do that. It means a lot to me when you do all of those things. And I will see you next week. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.